Hello, and welcome to episode 175 of Gaming Fix on June 5th. Uh, this is going to be kind of a short one because it's just me and Pat today. Yes. Uh, yes. Hi. We're, <laughs> we're doing our contractual duty and recording a podcast episode, uh, even though, Allison, you said you didn't really play anything. And the only video game I play anymore is Final Fantasy XIV. Ooh, so we are, yeah, and uh, news is limited, so this is our, hey, we want to get a podcast out podcast. <laughs> I really have, uh, I could talk about Final Fantasy XIV all day. Yeah, long. let's talk about that. But uh, anyways, I what I was thinking of uh, doing what's uh, the partner's favorite, whatever, uh, and that's partner's favorite ice cream treat because it's very hot in my apartment and I need to think about something. Yeah, cold. we have it's um, today. It's going to be cold and rainy today and tomorrow. Oh, I'm like, so jealous. I know in the 50s. I'm really happy because it was like Seattle hot is like mid to upper 70s and it was into the low 80s this week. And I was like, please. It is going to get up to close to the like close to 100 today. Yeah, for I'm me. not surprised. It's I know that Minnesota is not like swampy in the same way as some places, but it I assume it gets pretty humid. It does. It gets pretty humid. It gets hot. I have an AC unit that's on the way, but it's not coming until next weekend. <laughs> so I'm just like, ooh, it's trying to figure out something to keep the heat off. So. Probably gonna go see if I can see a movie. Yeah, I was maybe. gonna say go see a movie. Just see the same movie you've already seen again. Honestly, I might. Last weekend, I I saw Quiet Place Part Two and then Cruella, which is fucking bonkers. And I'm like, should I just see that again? I don't know. Because does it at least get cool in the evening there? Like, um, e- sort of. Last night it was just hot though. Yeah, because um, here the thing in. In Michigan, sometimes it's hot into the night, but most of the time it's at its hottest around like one o'clock ish. And then it like cools off by the time you're like sitting down to eat dinner. Whereas yeah, in Seattle, first... it's like it gets hot, uh, hottest at like five o'clock. And then it That's stays. That's what hot. it looks like it's going to be today. And yeah. so I'm not, you know, super jazzed about that. Yeah, but. I don't <laughs> Yeah, and last night I was like, oh, like normally, even though, uh, like I don't have AC, I'm like, oh, I have two fans, it'll be fine. And then it's like, oh god, yesterday it was just, it felt like it was just blowing around hot air, and I'm like, yeah, this is not my favorite. Don't, so. yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, not, so we have an AC for when it gets really hot here because um, the first summer I was here, my partner was like. Um, you don't need AC here. And then, in, like a month into the summer, I was like, "Okay, Remember okay, yes, we that's do. We need hilarious." AC. Yeah, uh, I normally it's not too bad, but for me, I'm working from home this summer. Yeah, so yeah. I was so it, so it went from like, okay, you know, if if I'm in the office all day and I come back home at night and it's hot, it's fine. But now I'm like, oh no, I'm in my apartment all the time. Yeah, so. <laughs> I had um, we started back at the office most for two days a week and it's been good it wasn't like forced or anything it was like hey if you feel comfortable and are ready to come back um then you know you can and i chose to because i was ready to to have a little change of scenery 
been really see nice, other humans. Yeah, um, but it's it's gets really hot in my office, which is funny because we don't even have any windows. Um, there's like a skylight that's the only window, but it gets so hot, and that's something we're going to have to address there uh, yeah. <laughs> in the coming months. So, Pat, do you? We never answered the question. Do you have a favorite ice cream treat? <laughs> oh, duh! Right, I didn't even think about the fact that that was an actual. So, um. I would say that my favorite like ice cream tr- oh yeah you know what I do have an answer for this it's an obnoxious answer so and it's one I'll never probably have again in my life so um, when I was a kid we used to go to Ruby Tuesdays mm-hmm. which is like um, if you're it, if you're not from the U.S. or if you're from a place that doesn't have them, it's like a sit-down restaurant that's like a chain. They're all over the country. Yeah, and I don't know how to describe it. It's but just it's American kind of food, like, but it's yeah, it's, it's like a chain. It's not like fast food, but it's no. like it's you know, it's I, almost like a I, sports bar kind of, but not. Yeah, because it's not. It's they have. A bar at the place, but it's more. It's kind of like a family restaurant. Yes, it's a family restaurant. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, um, because it's it's not really a place you go to drink. You can get like a cocktail there or whatever. Although, or beer, but I feel like family restaurants are suddenly going more into like yes. alcohol now. I think Ruby Tuesdays is just dying, but yes. Like, like the I'm not a big fan of Applebee's food, but their margaritas are fucking good. And and Applebee's is a good comparison for Ruby Tuesday. It's pretty, yeah, pretty similar to something like that. Um. And uh, they had this, when I was a kid, they had this dessert. I don't even know if they still have it anymore because it was ridiculous. And it was like this huge, just mess. It was in, served in this <laughs> big goblet. And the go- it was like this big. And you had to get it. We would get it, like my mom and siblings and I would get one to split. And yeah. it had like a layer of ice cream, a layer of whipped cream, a layer of fudge, and then a layer of chocolate cake. And then oh, a layer God. of of like, and it was like a dense, almost like a brownie kind of situation. And then like yeah. another layer of of uh, ice cream and whipped cream and fudge. And then it had like a layer of like cookies or something. It was like holy shit. It was holy really shit. really good, but it was ridiculous and um, yeah, obnoxious and enormous. And uh, I think that's probably my favorite. From isn't that you know that, isn't that the best thing about those kinds of restaurants though, where it's like. You know, the, it's just big and obnoxious, and you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, "This is what I wanted, actually." Yeah, I forget what you they know? called it, but but um, it was our reward if we would go to like because they're always attached to malls. Um, oh so we yeah. To, if we were like, "Oh, we have to go clothes shopping at the mall," and it'd be like, "Yeah, well, but the reward is we can go to Ruby Tuesday. We can get you can get a grilled cheese and get then get one of these crazy desserts." <laughs> okay, that sounds very good. <laughs> Um, my favorite is one I haven't been to recently, but there's a, um, place near my apartment in Minneapolis where it's a, it has, uh, it's a bubble waffle place where they have bubble waffles and then ice cream that fills it like it's a cone and, uh, has toppings and stuff. And they are like big and it's a lot because you're eating like a like a bubble like a dessert waffle plus ice cream mm, plus like mm-hmm. whatever toppings they have, but it is so so tasty and it it's not necessarily what I go for too for like when it's like super hot, but it is just a 
it is a great dessert. So if you're ever in Minneapolis, uh, shout out to Waffle Bar. They're very good. Yeah. Funny. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, we have uh, there's a there's a cheese, and I had had their cheese across the country because like. Wisconsin cheese is fine. I don't dislike it, but I always like my favorite cheeses have always been Cabot and um, which is from Vermont and then Tillamook, which is from mm. Oregon and Tillamook makes a makes ice cream. You can't really mm-hmm. get it most places, but you can get it here. That's been my go to since living here is I just get like some Tillamook ice cream because it's fairly affordable and they're in pretty big um, containers. And I like them because I like the weird Ben and Jerry's flavors from time to time, but most of the time when I want ice cream, I just want like cookie dough ice cream or like a French vanilla or um, something or like a Neapolitan, something that's just like kind of simple. I don't super, and I I don't like too much chocolate either. So I'm the same way. I'm not as big a fan of chocolate ice cream, which is... Yeah, but uh, I, I'm the same way where I like those occasionally, but sometimes there's just like too much stuff in them. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now they have the ones where they're like, oh, there's a core of cookie or caramel or something. And I'm like, but but you're buying ice cream, though. Yeah, exactly. If I wanted cookies, I would get cookies. But I do like cookie yeah. dough and ice cream. I do like cookie dough a lot, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, <laughs> now that we've <laughs> talked about that, what about video games? So, Pat, you said that you've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I haven't played uh, much other than fourteen. I have a couple of games I play with friends that I talked about it sometime last week. Um, but uh, but I, st- I I finally hit the point in the Heavensward expansion, critically claimed Heavensward. Where oh yes, of course. It, it went like over the edge of the roller coaster. Like mm. the start of that expansion, I started it. I th- looking back on it, I think the base game story, the characters are really good, but the story is very rote. It's very much like yeah. it's like a lift of Star Wars when you get to the end of it. You realize that like, oh, I just played Star Wars, but it wasn't as good as Star Wars. Um and they're building a lot of lore up and creating and have good characters, but it's so long for the without a huge payoff at the end. Um, and it's tough because I would tell new people that it's not a good enough story for me to tell you like, Oh, avoid spoilers. Like I, it's, there's nothing in the, the base game that I think is really worth like getting worked up about. But at the same time, I really do think if you're going to play the games, you should play it. Because right. it it's pretty foundational for a lot of stuff, and I don't think just reading a synopsis is good enough. Because um, you know you can like skip the story, you can buy skips, and I think if you buy the complete edition, you get a free skip. But I think you should play it if you're gonna play the game, and just yeah. But just know that once you get into Heaven's Word, it gets significantly better. But with the that, critically claimed Heavensward. Yes. Word. With that said, even about halfway through Heavensward, I was like, this is good and I'm enjoying it, but I don't quite understand why it's got so much praise. Because, like, they, right. they do a thing. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's going to play it, but they do a thing halfway through. The whole concept of Heavensward is very much like 
there's this group of people who colonized this land a thousand years ago and um there were native people living there but they were dragons and so the colonizers were like oh who fucking cares they're just monsters we can just come in and kill them and take their land and the dragons are like no no we're smart we can talk we're sapient and like you can't just like colonize us and so they fight a big war which is understandable from the perspective of the dragons imo and um then there's like a character who like broaches peace between them and it's like oh it's you know it's good but then like colonizers are going to colonize so they get greedy and kind of break the peace by being assholes and there's a point at which you and i won't get into specifics about the characters but there's a character who deserves to be angry about stuff and your group is like well they're a bad guy though so we're just going to go into their home and kill them and their like children and family while they're sleeping. And they don't acknowledge that that's what you're doing in the story. It's very much like we have to go there and, and, uh, and do battle and stop and stop this monster before it kills too many people. But when you do the dungeon, it's like, Oh, this is like a sleeping broodling (laughs) that I'm just going to kill now, I guess. And I thought it sucked. I was like, my character would not participate in this. I don't want to do this. I think that it's like wrong. I think we should come up with a different solution. We can't just like go into this person's home and murder them. Um, And it really bothered me that there was no option in the dialogue to, for me to even, even if it was like, okay, we have to railroad you because it's an MMO and we don't have like mass effect style ability to give you a choice diamond. But they didn't even give me the chance to be like, I don't like this. I don't want to participate in this. And then have someone push me to do it. It was just like, right. my character's just like, yes, okay, let's go. And I really didn't like that. But after that part, it, the story really starts to get way more complex with how it handles the idea of like colonization and, 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 what that looks like like how do you it has a very interesting not even necessarily answers um because i don't think that it thinks it's doing the like it's like morally the one way i think it's just presenting a scenario where people are trying to start working on redeeming themselves for having for the sins of the father to a degree like they're trying to come up with a way to repair their relationship with the people they've colonized and it acknowledges that you know in in this world in this situation that they've built it's not really possible for them to just dissolve their nation and go Mm -hmm. somewhere else and so it's dealing with a very complicated question of like how do we make amends and try to broker peace And what I think is really interesting is that it's also doing so while acknowledging that the native people there have a right to be fractured. It doesn't make any of these groups into monoliths. There's a, there's, there's the, there's groups of these native people that are like all for like, yes, let's have peace. And then there's those among them that are like, no, no, 
we're going to destroy you because this is our land and you're taking it. Um, and then on the opposite side, you also have groups that are like, yes, let's finally, it's good. We know the truth now about our history. Let's, let's, let's find a way to live peacefully with these dragons. And then you have people who are like, no, you know, they killed my family. And, uh, so we're, I can't, we're not going to have peace. Um, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do a terrorism because mm. I'm mad that people want peace. And, and like, they never, they do a good job of not making any of these groups out to be like villains. Um, and it's one of the only times I've in, I've, I've seen any media that touches on this stuff where I'm not either like, fuck this, this has a really bad moral compass and this is really misguided in its interpretations and, or been just like, you know, have it feel like it's just been kind of like pandering. Um, and so I, I don't know. I think it's really, really well done. And these patches are between Heavensward and Stormblood are, are like some of the better stuff I've seen from game storytelling, trying to like look at these subjects for sure. Yeah, no, that sounds like it's very nuanced in a way that if I hadn't heard you guys talk about it and Alex rave about it, that I I wouldn't necessarily expect from yeah. the Final Fantasy MMO. Especially, yeah. Even going even going into the expansion, I would say that it's not until like after that halfway point that I started to really feel that nuance. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely very cool. And the other part of it that's like the I have to keep like pulling myself back to the story, not because I don't like the story, but there as you go further in that game, there's just like so much stuff to do that in a fun way that I'm like, okay, well, but I also want to defeat all the primals on the highest difficulty. Um and now I have this like book of wondrous tales and it's like almost like a scratch off thing and it but if i get the scratch points by like doing specific dungeons and i know there's a raid i can go do now that looks really cool because there's just like this giant robot sticking out of a lake right now then i could go do the raid where we fight him and um there are uh you know at some point i want to get into housing and stuff i haven't even done any crafting in like 30 hours of 40 hours of gameplay and i want to get back to doing the crafting it's just there's like, a lot. It's it's very and it's it feels very when I play stuff like Destiny, it feels like there's a lot and it almost all of it feels like a chore. Right. And that's at the end of the day, I'm like Destiny plays so well. However, all of the activities to me feel like busy work to an extent. Yeah. I mean, it, that that's kind of why I, I when I played Destiny, I, I played the, through the story and then I started to kind of do some of the other stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of good, actually. Yeah. It, and, like, it, which is a shame because it, it does the the um, shooting just feels super good. And I think with Final Fantasy, when you start it for the first even through A Realm Reborn, a lot of the class mechanics and, and you know, mm-hmm. this is accepting that A Realm Reborn is a long thing to get through. I mean, right. it's like at least 50 hours of, of 40 to 50 hours to get through the story and get leveled up. Um, and, but a realm reborn, the class mechanics definitely feel very much like you're kind of just like hitting one, two, three, one, two, three, or like yeah. you know, X square triangle. If you're playing on a pad, but at this point now, 
I, I'm playing as a tank, and I like every larger combat encounter. I definitely feel like I'm there's a there's a mix of positioning, ability choice, timing of like cooldowns and stuff. It really does feel pretty engaging, um, more so than I don't. I think pretty much any MMO of this type that I've played where you're like hitting hot bar keys. So. They do a really good job over the course of the expansions of expanding the way the classes work so that they have more options. So you really have to make choices in combat as to what you think is going to be the most efficient and useful way to to do it. Um, paired with like boss mechanics that are really interesting as time goes on. Um, so I think it's engaging on a gameplay level in addition to being engaging on a story level. And it's and activity level and it's like I definitely can see why people just play this game and don't play anything else. Yeah, no, and and that's kind of the vibe I got when I played it too. Like I want to get back into it, but it's just there's a lot and it's very fun. Like when I when I the 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 weekend where I spent like literally doing nothing else but play Final Fantasy fourteen. I was I was like I I was struck by just. How much I, I, like, I was doing just, like, the fishing class, and I'm like, I've just been doing Final Fantasy fourteen fishing for the past, like, yeah. three hours, and I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. And there's a, I know there's a lot more to get into. Yeah. And oh. I, <laughs> I'm certainly not going to stop playing all other video games, but it definitely has right. been in a mode of, like, eh. I mean, because, like, I played a little bit of that No Man's Sky update that came out this week, mm-hmm. too, which is very cool. It's mostly visual. The visuals, I'm playing it on PS5 right now, and the visuals are really good. Um, oh, I bet. And uh, I played uh, more truck simulator on my wheel. Um, I built, <laughs> I, I found, this is the last thing I'll say before we can move on to the, the other stuff. I bought a stream deck, like the Elgato Ooh, stream yeah. deck. I think that company markets that thing poorly because they market it it's called a stream deck and yeah and i always read it as like oh why would i need that i don't stream very often right it's just a like 15 key keypad that right. and what's cool about it is that each key is a screen so mm-hmm. you can you can put any image or animated gif on the the keypads and you can set up like macros and stuff. Like I, I ended up not using it because I accidentally pasted a password into a chat. But I had a macro set up that would like open the Final Fantasy launcher and paste my password into the login screen and then just hit enter. So that way I could just push the macro and the game would start rather than having to go through the launcher. Um, you can do all kinds of like anything you can imagine and pro- and more probably you can you can set up on these keys on the the stream deck. So like for Final Fantasy, I built this crazy profile where all of the abilities I have that don't target things that are like defensive buffs and stuff like that, I put on the stream deck so I can just instead of trying to like move my hand across the number keys to get all the way over to the like 8s and 9s, I can just take my hand off the mouse and push a button on the stream deck that's right in front of it and it's awesome. Uh, so secret gamer tip, if you play like, I, you could set this thing up to do stuff for like League of Legends. If you Mm -hmm. wanted, you could set this thing up to do like, I, I initially bought it for truck simulator where I put like all of my dashboard, like lights and windshield wipers and parking brake and all that stuff 
uh, on this on the the keypad. Um, it's I don't I don't I'm not trying to shill for Elgato, but these things this thing it is looks really rad. Cool. Like I ha- like I hadn't even really thought about it. Like because like I like you said I I, I heard Stream Deck and I was like hmm. But then I but then you mentioned getting it, and so I started looking into it, and I was like, this is kind of they're rad. really rad, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, and if I was doing more. PC gaming, like if I get yeah. a, like if I end up um, building a gaming PC, like if, like I keep thinking I want to, um, I'm like, maybe I should get one of those. Cause that seems like that would be mm-hmm. really kind of fun to have that there, extra yeah. kind of setup. There are so many times that I have wanted, um, where I've thought like, I just wish I had like a little box of buttons. Yeah. And sim racing was finally the thing cause they literally, they're called button boxes and people, make them and stuff and one of the people that i race with was like oh well i have this one and their box is a like 3d printed box that has like a few buttons and switches on it um, yeah. and then it also has a slot where you slide in a stream deck so they were like mm. yeah basically this box just like uses a stream deck in addition to the keypad and, or the switches and rotaries that are on it and so that was why i was like oh, okay well i guess if i get a stream deck at some point i can always get one of these boxes and it won't be i can just use it with that and now I'm just like, man, this I'm finding excuses to use the stream deck. And what's wild is I made this Final Fantasy profile that has like, I can continue to build it out to, to for every single class. And it took me like an hour, I think, tops. And that was with programming like four 15 key menus. So point being, it's like, it's really easy to use the thing. And with no, like, I didn't have to read any manuals or anything. It was so super intuitive. So. Anyway, just a cool little thing if you are like, oh, I still have some stimulus money and I want to buy something useful but also kind of dumb and also fun, that's, you should, Stream Deck is, is a good <laughs> The way that you described it as useful but kind of dumb is great. It, that's kind of what it looks like too, yeah. where I see, where it's like, like you, you look at it and you're it. like, you don't need it, but I'm like. It, that would be kind of nice to have. Like I'm, though. it has a function where you can push a button and it'll open a program. So I'm yeah. basically just like getting rid of everything on my desktop, so I never have to see any icons again, and I can just use the Stream Deck to launch every game and program. Uh, As well, you should. And you can use like <laughs> you can nav- you can put things in folders, so you can make your own little like menu system with it. So it's, it's fun. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's Final Fantasy XIV. Plus Stream Deck. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to get into, I'm hoping to get into Stormblood this weekend. I'm going to try to burn through the rest of the patches. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I need to get back into that. It just sounds super cool every time I've, you guys are talking about it. And I'm like, man. I've heard mixed things about Stormblood. Uh, so I'm interested to get into it because I have friends who it's not as critically acclaimed and I have friends who have said like, yeah, it's not as good as heaven's word, but I like, it. but then everyone's always like, but shadow bringers is. The yeah, best. exactly. Everybody's so. like, but once you get to shadow bringers. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 I kept thinking I was going to play more video games this week. Like I, I need to actually go back and finish, um, the second Famicom detective club game. Um, but I think I got a little bit burnt down on the first one just because I was like, I don't know. Like the gameplay is fun, but it's also just like, it is very much like going through menus and stuff. And I just kind of was like, I was like, I should probably take a break before I finish the second one. Um, and then I downloaded, 
uh, Horizon Zero Dawn so I can try and finally oh, finish that. Yes, <laughs> so good. You should. Yeah, no, I want to finish it so bad. And then I kept seeing all the stuff about the new one. I'm like, ooh, I really want to finish it before I, that comes out. And uh, I really think, like, Horizon Zero Dawn is a... I think you would appreciate the places that the narrative goes in particular. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, so my partner always said that to me and I was like, okay, yeah, but it's like, it's an open world RPG action thing. It's, it's like the story is whatever it's, it's yes. Aloy is a great character, but, and then like literally there's a part even halfway into the story where I was like crying um, because it's, it really does get incredibly good. Um, and really unique and it definitely you like there's multiple layers of you think you know what's going on but actually there's more to uncover um in a way that's really satisfying as you play through it yeah no i'm i'm definitely want to get back to that i mean i played a decent amount of it and then the switch came out and breath (laughs) of the wild came out yeah i was like whoops (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't play i didn't end up playing it until what year did Switch came out in 2016, right? 2017? Did it? Okay. I guess I played a lot of Horizon that that fall after the Switch came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, cuz I kind of just didn't play it prior to the Switch coming out because I was like not I cuz I didn't I like uh I didn't like Killzone very much aside from the first one. So when I found out the Killzone developer was making a like, I don't know. I was like initially dazzled by the trailers with the robot dinosaurs, and then by the time the game yeah. came out, I was like, I don't know. This looks like it's just going to be an open world RPG, and so I kind of dipped on it. And then everyone was raving about it later in the year, including my partner who I met around that time. And that's when I finally put the time in on it, and it's totally worth it. Really good. Yeah, I, I I bought it and I played it for like a week, and then I. Uh, because I was like, oh, well, I don't know when I'll get a Switch. And then I got a Switch the day after it came out. So I was like, well. 2017 may be the best year for games. It was a on, good, good year. Because it was near Automata, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, and Breath of the Wild. Which Yeah, and then there's also Persona 5. And then, wait, was that Danganronpa V3? I'm like looking at these now. Yeah, it was 2017. Yeah. Was Europa V3. What the 2017 was a yeah. I good think year, that's man. I think that's one of those golden years that in yeah. like ten years people are going to be like like I think it was 2008 or something that people talk about as one of the best. Whatever yeah, year, Portal Two came out. Um, yeah, but 2017 had a lot of good games. Mm-hmm. Man, and again, I need to play Nier Automata. Like, yeah, it's like Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey. Resident Evil 7, Cuphead. Yeah. What the fuck right. was this year? I was like, and then for like, Resident then Evil 7 like, is one of the best, I think probably one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, that's Jesus wild. Christ. It's like I'm looking through all these games and I'm like. It's like it, I have to shift half of my. Absurd. Games that came out prior, looking at my top 10 games of all time that came out prior to 2017, I have to shift like four of them down to make room for releases from 2017. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like there, I mean, there's like a million games, like 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 uh, going through this where I'm like, oh yeah, I do need to play that. Yeah. And then, yeah. man, it was a good year. Any, <laughs> anyways, uh, 
2017 slept, um, but I've just been playing mobile games right now for the past week. Um, back playing more D4DJ, which uh, I'm trying to get through all the tutorial missions, which now the last one is to just finish all the um, initial story for each of the groups. And then uh, then I'm trying to actually get get good at the gameplay mechanics. And it's like, I don't know, like it's a gotcha game, but I feel like even if you just played it for free, there's a lot of content in there. Yeah, it seems like it. I, I yeah. downloaded it and tried it, and um, it seems quite good, and it seems like it has a the the mechanics are like get pretty complex and oh out they there. sure do and where you're just like like what I I've started trying to play some of like the like easy expert level mm-hmm. ones and it is it gets like fuck it you're like doing like five things at once and I'm just trying to play it with my thumbs and I'm like do I need to just like get this on my iPad and just use multiple fingers because I don't. Yeah, that's where I might some of, be right now. I think they make them for people to do, not even necessarily yeah. needing to play on your iPad, but definitely needing to play on a surface where you're like mm-hmm. using all of your fingers. Um, it seems good, and I like that they push you towards like, um, like trust us. Use the assists at first. I think it's good that they're like, yeah. this is not like Rock Band where you're just like. Give me the expert mode right now. It's more like no. There's like multiple difficulty levels and multiple levels of assists within those difficulty levels. Yeah, where right where it, ultimately, if you want to, um, you know, get rewards for for you know playing certain levels, you have to play it in manual mode, which is basically where all the like various things that you do are unlocked. But you can get started where certain things are just automated for you so you can get used to the rhythm of of just of some of the parts and then it automatically does like the slider thingy for you mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. once you feel start feeling comfortable you can unlock that and unlock that and then i so i've been doing just manual now and then i'm just trying to work up to the more difficulty stuff but it's it's i think it's just generally really well made and yeah. um the the gotcha gets a little bit vicious, but it, like also, if you don't care about that, it's it's a pre- it is it is a pretty robust game for for free, basically. Yeah. Be- because like if you don't care about the gotcha, then it's like, well, you know, everything else is just free. So I have to share too that I'm not picking on it because this genuinely, I was like, this is so funny. I I love slice of life anime stuff and like yeah. manga stuff because of how uncanny valley and absurd the characters can be there's a moment i haven't played deeply into the story at all i don't know how much more i'm going to play of it um yeah that's fair <laughs> but it's it's not a, it's something against it it's the, right the real reason is because i was i installed it because i was like oh yeah I, i've kind of been interested in another gotcha that i can play without putting much money into i started playing it and i was like oh this is fun and then i remembered that my friends who i play final fantasy 14 with sent me not even to try to get me to play it, sent me a thing um, about a new Dissidia Opera Omnia character, which is the Final Fantasy gotcha. Yeah. And it, I didn't realize how complex the combat in that game is. So then I, I reinstalled that, and I'll probably put more time into that because I really like the combat. Anyway, um, there's a moment in the other... What is it? Is D... Every D4 time I hear... D4 DJ. Because <laughs> yeah. every yeah. time I think of D4... 
Dark Dreams Don't Die. Right. Yeah. No, uh, absolutely. So I always screw up on the title. Anyway, there's a moment in the early, like right in the beginning, where there's this this DJ group that's there. It's in this cafe. And they're like, we were going to practice and we can't practice. And the the proprietor of the cafe is like, well, you know I have a practice space downstairs, right? You can use that. And the DJ group is like, oh my God, are you kidding me? We can use your practice space downstairs. And they get like, just like, like super excited. And they're like, holy shit, how are we ever going to repay you? And it's just a very funny exchange because it's like, you're just setting up your stuff downstairs and like playing songs for a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like uh, the, the universe of this of this series is very interesting where it's like you uh, it's a universe where DJs are like the biggest thing in the world yes. to the point where they, their school has multiple like several DJ groups. Yes. And like several DJs. Like I started watching the anime and they're like they have like. DJs playing over the PA system and multiple like practice setups at school and like multiple performance spaces at school. And I'm like, what is this like alternate universe it's, where DJing is suddenly like this like school they also activity? Apply, you like do the, <laughs> you do the opening songs and then they're like, they're like, uh, that was exhilarating. I can't wait to practice someday again. And, and like they imply that it's like their first time ever performing together or like one of the first times and i'm like i mean that was pretty good for your first time for starters. yeah well they well that's that's the thing that they do with all these anime things where they're just like like i started also playing um from the same uh company which is basically uh, the same kind of vibe which is bang dream girls band party which is basically this but with bands instead of that <laughs> and it's like it's, it's like with all of these, you have people who are like, I've never touched a guitar before in my life, and now suddenly I'm like playing at this like yeah. festival. And you're just like, uh, well, good luck with that. But yeah, it's that's, funny. that's the anime like kind of route where you're just like, uh, you know, it takes like years of practice to get <laughs> anywhere. But, but you're just like, no, we're playing this original song and we're playing this show after like two weeks of practicing. I've never touched a guitar before in my life, but here we are. And you're just like, yeah, it's funny. It's good. I, I, I think that the, I may even check out the anime at some point because I did like the characters and story. At the the anime is, is very charming. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I've been watching it and it's very fun. It's very, it's very slice of life. Like we're trying to form a DJ group. Uh, and it seems like I have a hard yeah. time with slice of life because, and there's play, there's ones that I have lined up like a place further than the universe and stuff. That's like, mm. I, I mm. don't, I, I know doesn't do this, but when I was first introduced to slice of life anime with some, by some friends who weren't like creepy people at all, but it was like, Oh, okay. It, this people is get funny. into the weird, creepy well, places. It, it was like, this is funny. Oh, they're at like this, this is funny. Cause this, it's about this like high schooler who lives at us, who's living at a spa for the summer and it's cute. And then like, 10 minutes in it's like oh nope okay this is just like bordering on not necessarily like hentai but it definitely is going in a direction of like oh every episode there's gonna be the booby scene or and the every- upskirt scene yes or and, like and, and, and you're like we oh, watched yeah. like we watched like four or five different slice of life anime and it just kept like 
Like even the one, and I'm not picking on this show because it seemed pretty good, but even the um, the show about the the game designers, the like um... the. It's like an all-women game design studio. I can't remember if that was one that Alex talked about at one point or if it was just one that I watched with this group of friends. It's it's just a show. It's just slice of life about a, a video game developer where it's all it's all women who work there. And like the story is good, but even that show, there were a couple of times over the episodes that I watched, I watched like nine or ten episodes, where it got into that kind of like, eh, we're going to make a joke about this upskirt thing that we're not going to explicitly show you, but... Cause like one of the characters is uh, like into the other women that are working there, which is totally cool. But also it still kind of leads to like <laughs> some like pervy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I, was that's, like, I mean, that's to fine. be honest, that's kind of why I, I, I didn't watch anime for a while. Cause yeah. like, because I, I, I saw like a, a J-pop singer I was, I liked was in a show. So I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll watch this one. And then like immediately it just goes into that. And I'm like, well, and like, no, thanks. The anime but, that I tend to really connect with is stuff that has like some explicit, but less like I love Ghost in the Shell, for example, which certainly yeah. has some uncomfortable sexual content in it. However, it's not a like, haha. Oh, she was laying under my desk. She slept under my desk last night and now I'm sitting in a skirt on my in my chair kind of thing. It, it's it's more like, no, this is disturbing. They have to like go into this this like um, you know, android brothel and like take out the bad guys, but like and it, and it's it's more it's less using that content as like uh, a thing to kind of like I don't know appeal to certain types of viewers or whatever um and uh and and so i say all this to say i might check out the anime for d4dj because i really liked the art style in the game and it seemed like less pervy i guess than oh, what i, I see. haven't noticed anything and there's like and the only group in that that's like really more scantily clad is like they they they're very sure like no these are like this is like the people who are older yeah like they're in and college it's like, really not that i'm like i'm not a yeah. prude i don't have any issues right with i mean but it's like characters it's, but but it's like also it's when it's it, yeah like, it's like when, when it's, it's bordering like, on kids and stuff yeah no I, I i totally agree and it's like sometimes you're just like i just want to watch a show about people who dj and then yes. you're like and you're like, what? Why is it just like this now? Whereas it, I, this yeah. is, uh, whereas I feel like this doesn't do that at all. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm pleased about that. But yeah, uh, now I'm, now I'm getting into anime gacha hell. So this is where <laughs> I'm at with my life. Um, yeah, I want to get back into Genshin Impact too, because um, mm. it sort of also falls in that. Uh, there's a, there's plenty of characters in Genshin Impact that are definitely like made for you to look at but mm-hmm. the thing that's good about Genshin Impact is that there are also characters that are clearly children and they don't do that they like go very far away from any kind of <laughs> gross stuff with those characters and they're just like dressed in normal clothes all of the like b- booby ladies are uh clearly adults um and also what I like about Genshin Impact is that there's lots of sexy dudes in it too so you don't the ratio at least that's a bad argument for like um games that are problematic in that way um but also genshin impact feels like it's just 
a game full of like hot people and then characters that are non-sexualized, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, but uh, but the thing with Genshin Impact is that I don't want to play it on my phone because it's a good action game and a good open world Breath of the Wildy mixed with sort of some RPG stuff. But um, the it's a more of an investment to play, whereas like what the way I want to interact with the gotchas on my phone is like I'm laying in bed, right? And I don't want to read another chapter of Berserk right now. I want to just look at my phone and play a game for a few minutes. And uh, so, yeah, the Final Fantasy game has been fun for that. But the uh, D4 DJ is really good, too. Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of like that. That's kind of one of the things that I'm getting into this where it's like uh, I, I feel like a gotcha rhythm game is works really, really well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you just play a couple like if I just want to play a couple of rounds of the rhythm game, it can or it could just if I if I didn't feel up to it that much, I could just play a couple of rounds and do get my dailies and well and if i was i mean if you're going to if you're like riding transit and going out to like the movies or whatever i can see it being super great for those kind of situations too um yeah you don't have to cart a switch around necessarily yeah and that's what i was doing last weekend where i was at i was i was like oh i have 20 minutes to kill before this movie okay time to play a couple rounds of this and read some of the story and then there we go it's 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 but i since I'm already like, I don't know, invested in the story. It's, 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 it, I feel like it, it, it offers a lot of also um, flexibility too, because there with a lot of these games, it's very specifically like, do you want to read the story chapter now? If you don't feel like doing the story and you just want to play the game, you can just not interact with the story for a while. If you don't, that's feel good. Like it. Cause I so think it's kind of nice. That's the thing with, uh, with it. That was um, that I didn't, I don't think it's a bad thing about it. It didn't connect with me as much is because there's a story, which is charming and the characters are good. But I was like, um, I, I kind of like read the opening part, which took me like five, 10 minutes and then yeah. went to go play a song. And then the song lasted like a minute and a half and then was back yeah. into the, the dialogue parts. And then I was kind of like, Oh, I was sort of hoping to play, play songs more of the game. for a little bit. Yeah. Once you, once you get past that, you can, you can do that. That's um, cool. Yeah, and uh, with um, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of neat too because playing with getting into both this and uh, Bang Dream, it's basically like that one has been going on for I think like six years at this point. So it's uh, there's a lot of songs, there's a lot of story and stuff. Whereas here, I'm like D Four DJ just came out in the US, so it's like. I'm getting it on the ground floor. So I kind of have the best of both worlds getting into this now. So it's kind of fun. And yeah. yeah. And and now, now I'm in anime gotcha hell. So that's where I'm at with my, with my life. But (laughs) I'm like looking at they like what back when things are more normal times, they have like, conventions with music shows and stuff and i'm like oh, god should i go my, to that <laughs> I, gotta, I mean i not to go back to final fantasy but i definitely know i'm like we're gonna i said to my friend who i play with like almost every day i was like we're gonna go to fan fest we are going yeah we're going to japan to go to the final fantasy fan fest probably i'm trying to plan a disneyland or disney world i haven't decided yet trip in 2023 yeah so i don't know if we're gonna i don't know if i'm gonna feel good about international travel in 2022 we'll see um, yeah, but by 2024 at the latest, 
I'm planning to for sure go to the the Final Fantasy 14 fan fest. So I get it. Yeah, Bushiroad has like their kind of pet convention, uh, Kara Expo, and I'm like, and they have it in the U.S. now too. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. I could go to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think those things are fun because, like, at the worst, you go and you probably get some cool free stuff for a game you like and see a bunch of cool displays and stuff. Yeah. And go to maybe a city you haven't been to for a weekend. Right. Well, see, that that's the thing. Like, one, um, when I went to, um, there was a very briefly uh, – Japanese idol convention in the U S it was, it was very kind of, it was, it was run for one, one year and it was kind of, you know, the, I, I know that one of the people who runs it and she was, she's very sweet, but it's also her first time running a convention. So it, you know, had that first time convention kind of vibes, mm-hmm. but I, but it was actually the, in Washington state. So it was pretty close to Seattle. Yeah. And I was like, worst case scenario. And this all just kind of goes up in flames i could like take a bus go to seattle and go hang mm-hmm. out there for the weekend yeah or i could uh it was in um where was it it was in silverdale um oh, sure. so it's like really pretty there too mm-hmm. so i was just yeah. like okay you know worst case scenario i just hang out by uh i just hang out and it's beautiful and i you know, can do that as well. So it's like, I, I, you know, I've, I've definitely done that with conventions. So I'm like, but this is also like a lot more of an established one. So I'm like, Ooh, yeah. And yeah. So we'll see when, whenever they decide to have, start having that again in the U S but yeah, I mean, of course saying you gotta, it's gotta be safe with, with COVID stuff. But I think I would encourage people there's, I've heard some people get like really down on stuff like packs and those conventions have a lot of problem problems and i totally get if like safety is a concern for you or whatever but i wouldn't get too down on conventions like that because they're still really fun i don't know yeah no i love conventions that's one of the things that i've missed the most with this with this year we have had over a year at this point we've had i'm like i love i just love the vibe of conventions Mm -hmm. and just people being just super i don't know jazzed about everything and yeah. and all, all these people who are interested in a lot of the same stuff being together so um and that's kind of one of the reasons that i want to i'm looking at this convention even though i'm just getting into it now is because it's like it's all it's pretty much all just you know people who are all into the same stuff and mm-hmm. oh, hey there's gonna be concerts and different things and then you know that'd be seems like that'd be really fun but i miss yeah. con- I, I miss conventions in general but Anyways, uh, <laughs> unless you have any more games to talk about, we can get into our news section. Yeah. Yay. Um, and also, uh, we had uh, we sent out a tweet yesterday asking about uh, E3 predictions, and we have some questions um, that things yeah. have been asked to us. So let's just get through some of those. Sure. Uh, somebody named Andre? Oh. Sounds, uh, yeah, <laughs> sounds familiar. Um, who will have the most disappointing E3 presentation? I think it's going to be that Warner Brothers one. Uh, yeah, could be. Because um, I think they're going to, well, one, they're going to show the Harry Potter game probably. And that's going to be depressing to me. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like, e- so either it'll look bad and I'll be like, oh, well, that's that's a that's a shame or it'll look good. And I'll be like, yeah. I don't want to 
pay pay money for that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't um, want to give money to that. So, yeah, no, that'll just be kind of a bummer. And also that gearbox. Yeah, weird to me. I don't understand why they're having a presentation. See, that's the one where I was like, "Is does Gearbox really need to have a presentation?" I don't. I, Maybe it'll just be Randy Pitch for doing magic tricks for a half hour. I mean, honestly, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched, but yeah, no, that was the one where I was like, where you see, you see the, you know, the normal. Um, Normal things where you're like, okay, Ubisoft, Bethesda, Bethesda and Microsoft are doing their joint one. There's Square Enix. There's yeah, and then it's like, what? Why does Gearbox need a whole presentation? But yeah, uh, it's gonna yeah. be a it's gonna be a weird one because I don't feel very good about a lot of the stuff that is like I feel really good about Square Enix's slate, um, and I feel but like. Ubisoft is, they're such a huge mess right now Yeah, that I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm not like full on boycotting them, but I also don't really give a shit about what they have coming out. Um, yeah. It's between the like, oh, our game about slavery and genocide isn't political <laughs> to, <laughs> which I know we do that song and dance every time, but like. I know. <laughs> I know it's like they 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 already did this with the last Far Cry game, and I'm but like, it gets worse every time. It, it does like, get worse every time. Far Cry Five was like, in the end, when you play Far Cry Five, it's not. I mean, it is political because everything's political, but it's 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 not what they said it was going to be in the marketing. Yeah. Like, it's not actually yeah. like a right wing. It doesn't have any kind of stance on like conservative politics. It's more just this is a cult and they don't even they're not even like you can they are implicitly a Christian cult. You can read you very much can map them to Christian militias that are big on guns, but at no point are they like actually calling out those groups because it's like, no, but this cult worships the guy at the head of the cult. So it's kind of. Not it's not necessarily a religious thing, and they don't really have any political views. They're just crazy. So it 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 ended up after playing it, it was like, well, this isn't very good. And two, I don't really care if they say it's not political because it's not true because everything has political messaging in it. But it, it didn't end up being nearly as much of a takedown of militia groups as it appeared it was going to be. Right. And maybe they'll do a similar thing with Far Cry 6, but it doesn't seem, it seems a lot more specifically about revolutionaries in a banana republic in the Caribbean. Yeah. It's about as political as it gets. I I was just extremely confused looking at uh, Far Cry 6 news recently because the protagonist's character is named Daddy Rojas, which is also a character in Ted Lasso. And so I was just like, what the fuck are we doing in here? I hope it's the character from Ted Lasso. Uh, yeah, it's I not actually going don't to be... Because, I actually don't, because that character is really, like, happy and, like... I love Ted... I, dev, I love Daddy Rojas, but yes. I was just like... But I just was reading an article, and they were, like, introducing Daddy Rojas, and I'm like, 
what? Don't worry. I've is seen the, other people like, say that too. So I was like, I was like, is the actor who plays Danny Rojas going to be in? But then why are they saying it as like that? And then the and roller then coaster like, ended or continued with the producer doing, they did a blog post on Ubisoft where the producer was like, you got us. Our game is political. And they like, Oh God. And, and it, it's like, well, it's good. I guess that you're admitting, Ad- admitting because it should you shouldn't feel like it's like it shouldn't be a big deal because people should just get over it yeah i mean it's like that politics is everything not just whether there's women and people of color in your game <laughs> yeah yeah it's like i mean you're you're very specifically trying to make a political thing but be like it's not political i, I don't know but it's i it Okay, the protagonist of of uh, Far Cry Six, if you play as a male, does not look like Ted Lasso's Danny Rojas, okay. which is both good, which is both good, good but also and, yes. like, good but also I'm like that that actor. I wish he would like. It would, it'd be kind of fun to play a video game just as <laughs> him. Yes. I would rather play a game that's going to probably be more good. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. And then of course there's like Ubisoft is like. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. We're going to do something about sexual harassment. And then a year later, it's like, oh, you haven't done anything, huh? We're still working on it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. Still well, seems like you're not doing anything. And that's just like bullshit. And I don't I, I don't know. It happens at a lot of companies, but it doesn't happen with the same veracity and frequency as it happens yeah, with Ubisoft and yeah. many other large game publishers, at least that in a way that gets out to the public. So I don't know. I'm. There's certainly people, I don't mean any hate towards people who work, who just like work there and are developers there and stuff, but at least in terms of Ubisoft's management, there's just, I don't really have the, I don't give a shit about (laughs) what they have to say about that stuff anymore because they're clearly just like kicking the can with all of these issues to try to like, I guess, hope that they'll go away someday. I don't know what the. I suppose, but like, that's not how it works. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, question from somebody named Sam. Uh, uh, will Mother 3 ever be released no, it in won't. English? <laughs> it will not. I feel like if they ever release it, it's just going to be one of those, like, it's on Switch Online now. And you're just like, what? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it. Because I don't think yeah. that they... The thing that is important that I saw some people actually in Sam's mentions once um, is... That the, these companies, I don't know how many times we have to say it, how many times the world has to say it. These companies don't give a shit about you. Right. So Nintendo is only going to do the thing that's going to make them lots of money. And Mother 3 is certainly a game that would have, would be enormous for like a, a niche audience. But right. people but are like, not going to buy switches to play Mother Three. No, no, yeah, it's mm, well, yeah, I, I don't think so. But I think if they do, they're just going to be like, it, it would be just a sudden announcement, or for something. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, on okay. the Nintendo note, we have uh, a, a comment from from one Alec Parks from the Super GG family of uh of folks that says i'm gonna riot if at least one of these things doesn't happen f-zero metroid prime trilogy metroid prime 4 or twilight princess um you might have to riot <laughs> yeah i think uh, metroid prime trilogy is um a, 
is a possibility because I thought at yeah. some point they had said that that was happening on they were going to bring that to Switch. But um, I, I mean, I don't know if they. I don't remember if they said it, but I mean, just since Metroid was, Prime Four is yeah. eventually going to come. I don't know because that's. I think the thing that Nintendo is starting to run into with some of these franchises, and this isn't me being negative on Nintendo. If anything, in some ways, I'm positive on it because they clearly can make rad new stuff like Splatoon and Arms. Yeah. Um. But I think I think Metroid Prime Four is like, what do you do with that? What do we need that? There's three of those games, and they're all good. Um, like, are we doing? I think there's a certain degree of like, are 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 they making a Metroid Prime Four because people keep yelling for it, and it just seems like it makes sense, or are they doing it because they want to make another Metroid Prime and have a lot of ideas with how to do it? And I think that's kind of true with stuff like F Zero as well. Is like. I mean, isn't that what they said for F-Zero for so many times where it's like, we want to, like, we're interested in making another F-Zero, but also it's like, we want to wait until there's a reason to make another F-Zero. Yeah, you need like the people, you need the people who are going to be there who can, who are going to say, like, I have the idea now and I know how we can make F-Zero cool. Um, I think F-Zero is one that if they wanted to, they could do it just because it's been so long since there's been one of those games that even if it's yeah. just... Even if it's just kind of like F Zero with cool graphics, that would be fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I think probably you'll get one of those things. I don't think. Yeah, I think that. I mean, one of those things could happen. Uh, I don't I, think it's going to be F Zero this year. No, I. But I've seen so many people talk about F Zero lately. I don't know why. I don't know if this is just people. I don't know. But I think. Yeah. I think it's just that like trying to will Nintendo into doing something. <laughs> And it's funny because it seems like oh, it always... Oh, I mean, I've done that too, so I feel it, though. It seems like it always works with Sony, and then it never works never with works Nintendo. Never works for Nintendo? Or no. it's, like, it's like, they really need to bring Tokyo Mirage Sessions to Switch. And then, like, two years later, they're like, And then two okay. years later, they do it, and that was great. It is, yeah, that it's good. That was so good. It's good um, when they finally do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I to this week, had another slate of uh, Switch Pro rumors, and... Uh, and I, I was just thinking, like, as I was getting going to bed late last night, I was like, every every time the Switch Pro gets trends on Twitter, does Nintendo go, all right, we're going to push that back a month? Like, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I feel like a lot of other companies would be like, okay, we got to make that happen. And, like, I feel like Nintendo very much is like, we do what we want. Basically. Not what yeah. you tell us to do. Um. Let's see. And uh, we have another comment from August of Bread Radio. Yay. Um, yeah. What's the next a franchise that pivots to uh, that's game as a service? Mm-hmm. Yeah, games as a service. Um, Halo, Battlefield. What do you. Mm, I, I, I don't want anything to go as game as a service because I'm actually, like, there's too many video games. I but. don't think. I don't know that. I think games as a service, that whole thing is not necessarily over, but I don't know that there's going to be the same. Push for that. That I think we've was, seen enough high-profile ones do poorly. I think Anthem that, fucked it. <laughs> I was gonna say Anthem. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's like the Anthem just like completely tanked. Yeah. So it's like I think that they know. Okay, this is not gonna be like a guaranteed money maker, and it's and I'd imagine that the development costs are really high for something like that. I mean, like I don't know, like. 
it maybe not as much as like say when MMOs were having their big heyday and everything was an MMO, but I mean there's I think that we're seeing that making a big studio do uh, games as her service is not a guaranteed no. moneymaker. And, and I, I say this as like as like a Bioware defender who's played uh, who really enjoys Mass Effect Andromeda. I was just like, I don't give a shit about Anthem, so I'm not going to play it. Yeah, <laughs> I I think um, I think Battlefield sort of will be a service insofar as it'll have reasons to keep playing it. I think that's the case where it's like if if it's already a game that has like a significant multiplayer thing, there, there I mean there's there's going to be no reason not to put stuff like dailies in there or put in yeah. like um reasons events and things to keep playing, but yeah. And I'm hoping Battlefield 6 is is exciting. I'm I'm ready to like one of those games again. I fell off Battlefield 5 really hard after really liking Battlefield 1. So, um, you know, I I just what I want them to do with Battlefield, the Battlefield series is kind of make good on the the concept they were working on with like four, which is make it so that you're supporting support, give like light support. It doesn't have to be like new content every month support to a set of games that are some of them historical and have your modern day one and make it so that I can just kind of like move fluidly between the different eras and play with my friends and like go like oh tonight we want to play with world war ii stuff and tonight we want to play with yeah. world war one stuff and tonight we want to play with modern day stuff i think that would be cool for for the future of battlefield um because i i am you know old battlefield games battlefield 1942 is still one of my favorite games ever so um i would like to see and i love battlefield three and four i'd like to see them get back on the horse uh and also the other part of august's question is does the new switch come with major improvements to nintendo's online experience <laughs> no it will not I say this as like a big Nintendo. I'm like the Nintendo defender of the podcast. No, no, it's, it's does this new Switch come with major improvements? Like in period or question mark? No, yeah, I, I like, like I say this as the person who's like seeing all the uh, new Switch things, and I'm like, well, I'm going to pre-order that shit as soon as it comes out. But like, I would be shocked if there was any major improvements to the online experience. Sam or- Sam points out like in in his tweet with the mother three question is like hoping for a more premium design, a spec bump in 4K on the new Switch. I don't think oh, you're going to get... 4K? Oh, You're please. not going to get 4K. You're, it sounds like you're not going to get a spec bump at all. It sounds like what yeah. it's going to be is just a hardware revision. Um, yeah. Kind, maybe a maybe a, a bump in screen quality or something. Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised about like a minor spec bump. But very not, minor, like, though. But, but like not... Like you said, it, like we were, you, you were talking about, it would not be like PS4 to PS4. For pro no and no, i that's what i'm hearing no and i mean like to be fair i personally don't necessarily need a huge spec bump as some but at the same time i know a lot of people might be wanting that well, and will probably be disappointed by selfishly I, initially i was like oh yeah I, they need to for me to be interested in it they need to do a, a bump like and make games run better on it because that's always been my biggest struggle with switch's performance but at the same time the only new switch game that i'm like really 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 excited about is breath of the wild 2 and i don't yeah. want to have to buy a new switch in order to get the best experience on breath of the wild 2 so i'd almost yeah. rather it not be a spec bump and we can all just play breath of the wild 2 at 25 frames a second 
and we'll all be like, <laughs> wow, we'll that like was it. that frame. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's an Nint- that's Nintendo saying you will play at 25 frames a second. You will like it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed playing Age of Calamity at 25 frames a second, and I assume Breath of the Wild will be a little better than that. So. Mm, mm, uh, mm. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, mean, I could, I, I, the, the, the thing that um, was interesting was the idea of a premium design, and now be, I don't know if that'll happen, but that'd be kind of nice. I don't think it will. Like, I think they're gonna fix the. I think they'll fix the um, D pad. Drift. Oh, and the joy. Yes, I think they'll fix like the drift. I think they'll fix the D pad. I'd like to see, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's slightly better like buttons and triggers on it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think you're going to get some of that stuff, but I think it's still going to be plastic. I don't think they're going to move in like an Apple move direction like, with design at all. Um, it would be nice if it was like it felt as premium as my uh, Vita, but no, I doubt that's going to happen. Nobody, nobody no. will ever make a handheld that good again. That that feels like it as the Vita. No. Yeah. Um, and the other question is: Is there potential for Splatoon to actually be an esport, no. or is any? Okay, I feel like it has potential, but it, the the thing that's holding it back is Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't like, care. <laughs> yeah, like Nintendo just doesn't give a shit. Like if Nintendo pushed it as an esport, I think it would have potential there because I think the bones are there to be like a actual esport in terms of. But I just I think that to have something become that level you need to have the company behind it pushing for it to become an esport. i'll say the only this isn't an anti-splatoon thing at all because i love splatoon i am excited for the new splatoon um i'm not i'm i'm my expectations are kind of tempered because i when the teaser for splatoon 2 came out or splatoon 3 i guess um i thought i think everyone drew a bunch of conclusions from it that were not did like, and I, th- I'm I excited like, for Whoa. it, but I'm also excited for it as like a, hey, this is going to be Splatoon, but more. <laughs> so. The only thing about it that I'm disappointed with is I think Splatoon Two is really great, and I wish that they had just continued to support it until Splatoon yeah. Three came out. So that's the only thing about it that kind of bumped yeah, me out no, is- I, that. Yeah, and they stopped having like Splatfest and stuff like a while ago, and, I, and that, which just feels weird. And that's why I'm muted that, for Splatoon three because I'm like, yeah. if you're only going to support the game for like a year after it comes out, and then you're just going to kind of like not do anything with Splatoon, and then maybe do a DLC, and then still not do anything with it after that, that's a bummer to me. Um, but the concept of another Splatoon, I'm in in for because I love the. And first that's why, and that's two. that whole reason is why I think that having it as an esport is like. I don't think so. It's because Nintendo doesn't support it enough. I would also say, I think it's really good, but part of the thing with Splatoon that would make it hard to work as an eSport is it moves very fast in the sense that you're like dying and respawning a lot and frequently. And the, when you die and respawn, you're like jetting to a different part of the map. I think it'd be very hard to follow as a spectator oh, thing. Oh, yeah. No, that would be... Um, that's true. I haven't even thought of that. Like, something like Counter-Strike like or I Valorant works because the 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 map, the matches tend to evolve slowly because the yeah. characters move around the map very slowly and tactically. And this is true for, like, Siege, Rainbow Six Siege as well. Whereas with Splatoon, it's built to be more fun. So it's yeah. much more like, no, 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 <laughs> just respawn, jump in the, sh- the thing, fly across the map, and then you're right back in it again. And I think that would make it really hard to follow uh, the yeah. nuance. Because there's a lot of nuance in that game, but I think it's hard to like, oh, okay, they're using this weapon with the, these stats and trying to parse that while they're also like flipping around. And and there's eight people flying around the... Exactly. 
yeah. map at all times. It's which makes it really fun to play. But uh, you're, like you said, it's yeah. yeah, might be hard to follow. But yeah, it'd be cool. I hadn't I'd, even thought about it from like that perspective, from that spectator perspective. With um, that said, it's really fun to watch Splatoon matches like on replay to see like where the paint goes the whole over the course of the match. So yeah, yeah. All right, so I think there's there's some other speculations about the Nintendo Switch stuff. More F Zero. We've got which, a Star mm, Fox Racing from that would Andrew kind Zach. of that would cool. kind of I don't think they're gonna do rip. it. But I don't think they're cool. gonna do it. But that would be probably pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, upgradable ships for mm, that sounds fun. Yeah. I I. People keep pitching games that I want to play. Like uh, Sam just pitched a sci-fi Fire Emblem, and I'm like, "Ooh, that sounds." I'm like telling a- you, y- y'all gotta play Star Ocean. I, I know, I know. I need Fire to Emblem. actually play that. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 more of an action RPG for in terms of the combat, but kind of like Nino Kuni. Um, but uh, but but the story is very similar to what Sam laid out. Like, yeah, it's the cool. Th- what I love about Star Ocean is it's like it does like a star Trek thing where you're, you're like these sci-fi characters, but they're like, well, we got stranded on a planet that's set in like medieval times. And oh, we have fuck. to observe. Okay. okay. To I'm observe. buying this. Like the second we get, we have to podcast. observe the prime directive. So everybody's <sighs> got to use like swords and, and shields and Shit. wear old, old timey armor. Um, <sighs> it's very cool. I like that. Sounds armor. so good. <laughs> I played star ocean until the end of time. I don't, know where it falls in the series but it's it's cool uh let's see that's the playstation 2 i know that there's i'm there's definitely one on the i think that star ocean is just the same game over and over again oh yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure i don't think i don't even think it's like final fantasy where they tell separate stories i think that like there's some variation but i'm pretty sure that it's roughly the same arc in every game, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a deep history of lore there that I'm butchering. But anyway, Star Ocean's cool. Right. Yeah, um, that sounds cool. Uh, let's get into the news, which yeah. I pulled together very quickly That's before okay. this we'll podcast. Make so it I don't know. Yeah, so it'll make it pretty quick. So um, there's E3 schedules coming out, um, notably for me at least. Uh, the, and why we're talking about this is because Nintendo Direct is on uh, June 15th. Uh, but there's also several other streams like we were talking about. There's Ubisoft, there's uh, Square Enix, there's Microsoft and Bethesda, uh, PC Gaming Show, which I always really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for being somebody that doesn't do a lot of PC gaming, I really like a lot of PC gaming. Well, content. it's kind of like... The, <laughs> but it has like, like kind of... A lot of indies. Yeah, it's kind of like the the indie directs that I get into because um, even if you're not going to play those games on PC, a lot of them come to different platforms. Right. And I I like, I I think those are always my favorite uh, directs, Nintendo directs are my favorite um, streams and things in general is like those, the indie ones, because it's always just kind of showing off some really cool games. And And I don't know if I'll play all of them, but... It's it's really neat to see all the cool stuff that people are making right now. Yeah, and the PC gaming show feels like dressed down in a way to me. That's like that's a little the more, kind of good. It, it, it has, has a good like, vibe to it. It has like a vibe. I uh, don't know what the vibe is. The vibe is like Spike TV, but without the misogyny. <laughs> it's like that's not that's not wrong. Yeah. It's or like or like it kind of gives me like reminds me a, a bit of 
like old school like G four, but again yeah. without the misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the kind of show that if you turned on your TV to like a cable channel that talks about video games occasionally yeah. during E three at like ten PM on on Tuesday night, it would it's the kind of show that you would find. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's because, like kind of co- cozy in that and, way. And where also, you're just like, it's. Oh. I think the other thing that's nice about it is that it's impossible to be disappointed in it because right because there's like, always something cool. Yeah, because like Ubisoft gonna be disappointing in some way. I guarantee right. it. Gearbox, <laughs> it's disappointing that Gearbox is doing. <laughs> I, I, the only thing about Gearbox that I'm like wondering if they'll actually have is anything from the uh, Borderlands movie. I'm which very will be curious about interesting that. Interesting to so. see. Because they started showing, uh, like, images from the Borderlands movie yeah. this past week. Um, um, and, like, Xbox and Bethesda, going to be disappointing. Am I interested in it? Yes. Is it going to be disappointing? Yeah, Absolutely. Probably. The only one that I think, only other show that I think might not be disappointing is the Square Enix one. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I guess maybe Capcom will be cool, too. But Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to try to watch a lot of them, but I... Same, yeah. And especially... But I, I think the one that made me go the most excited was Nintendo and then also the PC gaming show. So I those are the two that I'm definitely going to have to check out. Uh, but the way that you described it as, as like Spike TV without the misogyny, I'm like, you hit the nail on the head if, as to why I like that. If like Samuel L. Jackson came out at some point and was just there and was like oh. we're going to talk about some motherfucking video games but then they bleeped the fucking part because they carefully timed it so that they knew he was going to say it like that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that's I kind of vibe show. yeah there's some there's something very i, I don't know it I, as somebody that watched uh upsetting amount of that's the that's the word i'd use upsetting amount of G4 back in the er, mm-hmm. early to mid 2000s uh, it, there's something very cozy about I, that. I also feel like the PC gaming show is a, is like, in some ways, a 40 minutes of the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like pointing at the TV. Oh, because, yeah. Because it's in a lot of cases, it's like games that I knew about and then a bunch of people are like, wow, this looks amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it's been in early access for two years. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> Like or like when they announced Chivalry Two, I was like, "Wow, nobody! I know one person that cares about this, but we're both fucking stoked." Um, and then and, there's always something like like last year when um, Persona Four Golden came to PC, and everybody's yes, just yeah. like losing their shit. Yeah, and it's a game that like you know it's already old, but every but it, that just shows up, and you're just like, "What yeah. the fuck is happening?" Yeah. It's, oh man, that's always that's always a good show. So I I just I don't know. It's I, I know a lot of these are probably going to be disappointing, but I always kind I always like E three seasons. So I'm I'm excited. It's going to be an interesting year for it too because I think there's a lot of um, stuff we don't know about that they're going to put cards on the table for that is like like Capcom. You and you think about things like Capcom is having a presentation. Resident Evil 8 is already out. What are they going right. to show? What are they going to show? Yeah. <laughs> Which is exciting because they yeah. just did a big Monster Hunter game. So right. I don't think it's going to be like Monster Hunter World 2. Maybe they're finally going to show a new Dragon's Dogma or something. You know, like there's like, who knows? That would be cool. Um, yeah. So it, it there's there's a little bit of mystery there. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of mystery this year and I'm, I'm, ex- I'm interested in seeing. Versus like. 
Sony, for example, who's doing their own state of play, may as well be part of E3, even though it's not officially. Yeah. And, I, and I'll watch it. And like, I like my PS5 a lot. Um, I'm very excited for Horizon. I'm as time gets further from God of War, I'm less enamored with it, but I still am excited to play whatever they have coming next. I'm yeah. for Ragnarok. Um, and yet I know what Sony is going to show is like probably one small, surprising, maybe cool thing, and then Horizon mm. and God of War, which are both coming out in 2022. So it's like, eh, I'll watch it, but I'm not like chomping at the bit for it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel I feel the same way. Kind of the um, same with Bethesda and Microsoft. It's like, they're going to show Halo. Maybe we'll finally get a reveal for Starfield, but none of the games that they show are going to come out this year. So, like, eh, whatever. Oh, oh, bless. There's going to be another Devolver Digital showcase. I'm so excited. That's uh, good. Because because those are always just Hopefully bananas. they'll have some hot content for scum. <laughs> I mean, they'll probably do something. Oh, I just I just love those those showcases. But yeah. anyways, um uh HIO doing another massive bundle this year, this time for um Aid to Palestine. Yeah. Uh, there's over a thousand items now. Um the smallest payment is five five dollars, but you can pay more. Um yeah, no, I think I, I was just looking through news and I was like, oh, they're doing another one of these, and it's it looks like there's some really good games in there. Um uh there's uh, the one that they're pushing towards the top is uh Leela and the Shadows of War, which is about based off of uh, stuff that happened in Gaza. Um mm-hmm. so it's it's very um, you know uh a- appropriate. But there's also a lot of other games. I, I think I saw I'm I'm just looking through all of them and there's just there's a ton, so it, um I don't wanna s I don't wanna say it if I'm I know wrong. that um Trying to, yeah, Mixalumia is in this bundle. That's what I thought. Oh, nifty! Yeah, Mixalumia um, is worth twenty bucks on its own. Like, yeah, if that's a fantastic yeah. game. It's worth a lot more than I that. I saw whatever. that. Like, I think um, uh, Picnico is in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What, what was the other one? There was. I think there was uh, every like. The the classic V V V V V V V V. I don't I don't know how many V's, but I'm just gonna say as many yeah. as I can. Good game. Um, it, oh yeah, absolutely good game. And uh, there's just quite a few good good games in there. Uh, and it's you know for an obviously really really fantastic cause. So definitely something I'd recommend checking out. I'm probably just gonna. Pick it up even for sure. If I don't know if I'll. Oh, minutes in there. Nuclear thrones in there. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of lots of good stuff in there. So uh, good. Over a thousand things for cheap cost. Support Palestine. Yep, it's all good. And it's really important to keep. There's a. As someone who's who has had really strong feelings about um, a conflict in Palestine and the the colonization of Palestine for. You know, I first learned about it in college um, over 10 years ago. This is the cycle that it tends to go through where Israel does violence to people and then kills a lot of people. And then um, there is this time the outrage and like the 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 response. Um, I still wouldn't call it proportionate, but it was at least something you saw talked about on social media. Significant. And stuff. It was yeah. like. I don't know if it's proportionate, but it's 
I feel like the biggest response yes. I've seen. Yes. In maybe However, a long time. it's already gone. Like it's, right. nobody's talking about it now. And the important thing to remember is this is just like um, other causes we've seen over the last few years. This right. isn't something that goes away because mm-hmm. people raise aid money. And like, I've even seen smart people talk about how like, well, there's the ceasefire now. It doesn't mean anything for people that <sighs> yeah. live there. There are still people being um, harassed and beaten and murdered by the IDF in Palestine like every single day. So yep. I know that it can be exhausting for people to try to like maintain a bunch of these causes and continue to talk about them and fight for them all the time. But what you can do financially or, or with your platforms forever, basically, I mean, hopefully not forever, but, but it's a perpetual thing and it doesn't stop when people stop tweeting about it. So I think it's, Absolutely. I'm very glad that this bundle actually hit like at this time because yeah, no, I, was thinking I think about it's that a too. way to keep conversation centered on that for a little longer. Yeah. And I mean, obviously people still, you know, the, there is ceasefire, but people still need significant aid. Of like, course. This is, yeah. This is for, you know, th- basic food support, basic water, health services. So it's like, it's basic things it's going to be supporting. So, um, which are things that, that people in, know. in Gaza and East Jerusalem need when there isn't escalation well, in the exactly, conflict. Remember exactly. that they don't get to control their water or power. That's all controlled yep. by um, by Israel and the IDF for them all the time. So yeah. <laughs> this, this, this aid is stuff that they need. It's stuff that they would have needed a year ago, and it's stuff that they will need in a year. It's not just because of the, the flare-up of, of conflict. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm really glad that um, Inch put out another bundle like this and mm-hmm. I, I i feel like within the past year they've done like it's 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 been great to see the uh bundles like this um the last year's uh racial justice bundle went big places so i really hope that this goes big places too and what's great about these bundles too is you itch is such a it, it, it there's so much on itch that is just super interesting to touch yeah. for like a half hour Absolutely. Um, uh, like with with that bundle, I just I picked up a couple of like really indie. Like I I was I read like an indie novella on there. Mm-hmm. I I played a couple of indie games that I you know I don't know if I necessarily would have would have tried otherwise. But it's it's interesting to be able to try and support like these very you know indie developers who are starting um, starting and- out. At, yeah, they have so many like conceptual ideas that you're yeah. never going to see even in like AAA style indies. So yeah, you can just like and and I think it's really hard to parse sometimes because there's so much there. But when you get one of these bundles, it's just you can just kind of like unlock your scroll wheel and spin it and then stop it somewhere and go, oh, okay, well this looks interesting and download it in thirty seconds and play it for a half hour and and you're good. Uh, and you get to you got to have this interesting experience. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I I as somebody that really likes to support indie devs and really loves um, doing that, I'd I'd really I would really do every so often think I should get back into playing more just random stuff on itch, just because there's always some really interesting things and people putting out really really cool stuff for. 
mm-hmm. putting out in just so in such interesting things that like you said we'll never you'll never see on yeah and even like bigger indies so it's very cool and i'm uh i'm i'm excited to i i haven't bought this yet but i'm excited to buy it and just play a bunch of weird indie games and mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so anyways buy that bundle please uh <laughs> uh another thing that is of less importance, but is still interesting. Yuji Naka has left Square Enix after Balan Wonderworld it had its time. So, yeah, yeah, I one. I'm terrified for the second wave of this. Always happens now. Some games deserve it, like Mass Effect Andromeda. Seems like it's more deserving of it, but games that initially come out and people don't like, like one to three years later, people come out of the woodwork to be like, actually it was the best platformer of all time. And yeah. I, I don't think I'm, yeah. gonna, and as, I'm already I, prepping for that discourse with Bell. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I was the one person who saw this, like when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's like, like a 3d platformer. It's kind of like a, you know, Mario Odyssey kind of vibe because you get the different outfits and everything. And I, I love Mario Odyssey. I recently replayed it. Uh, this game does not look like that's deserving of that. Um, I've watched multiple uh, reviews of it in a way that uh, where I'm like, oh, this looks worse than I even thought it was. <laughs> like where so many, so much of playing a game is like, oh yeah, here's a mode where it's just like quick time events now. <laughs> And yeah. uh, just it just uh, yeah it's something where it would be I I wanted it to be good but it it really looks horrendous from what I've seen people <laughs> I do it. I do wonder if Yuji Naka is going back to Sega um, because uh, feels like they're ramping a bunch of Sonic stuff up and trying to make Sonic a thing like it's Sonic's on a like upswing right now because of the movie yeah. and stuff. So I do wonder if part of the reason this departure seems so sudden is in part because he's going back to work on Sonic, but I don't know. Who, who's to say, I mean, I'd r- rather have, I don't, I don't even know. I was going to say more Sonic, but then there's been quite a few bad Sonic games. So I don't know. But I can safely say that I don't care. However, I think it's interesting <laughs> for the people who do care. And there's nothing yeah, wrong with I, caring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, uh, anyways, we're not gonna see Bell and Wonder World too. Sad, sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we weren't gonna see that anyways, but now we really won't. Too bad. Uh, and last piece of news is that God of War has been delayed to 2022 to everyone's shock and surprise. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I guess. I. Yeah. Those. It's pretty obvious. Like. A lot of the stuff that they do at the stages that games like Horizon and God of War are in is stuff like mo- like mocap and like performance capture and and refining voice acting and stuff. To my understanding, that's what they've said at least in statements. So it's like obvious that they're having a hard time getting that stuff going because there's still COVID restrictions to think about in yeah. a lot of these places. So. It makes sense. And and the other thing that I saw them putting on, I can't remember who it was that uh, put the statement out, but it, it's it's that they, uh, they do seem 
pretty concerned about trying to not do huge cycles of crunch. I'm sure that happens at Sony's first party studios. Right. But it seems maybe it was Helman Hurst himself that was saying it. It seems like they are a little bit more dedicated to providing healthier work environments than, and I think Microsoft is good about this too, from what I've heard than, um, than, than what you see at like rockstar or Activision studios or whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, you combine those things and I think it makes sense to just push it to 2022 and, and be done with it. And I mean, I think that's a fine timeline anyway. It's not like God of War came out 10 years ago or something. Right. And I, I mean, I, I I think I'm in the same position as you where I like God of War, but I'm, I'm like thinking back to it. I'm not like, I, 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 I'm fine with a little bit of distance between God of War and then Ragnarok. The thing about God of War was, it was dazzling at the time because it had such rich production value. I think it was, yeah, it, it was gorgeous and yeah. Uh, I l- liked the gameplay, but also I yeah. don't know. It just it it I, I, I it's not a game that I necessarily need to go back and replay, and it's not necessarily a game where I'm like, I don't know, like just like I need this right now. And I mean, I know that there are definitely people who are who feel that way, but I'm yeah, I think I don't know. I'm fine with I'm fine with waiting longer, too. When I look at like when I look back at like Horizon, when I think about the moments in Horizon that were emotional to me, they still make me feel that way. Whereas when I look back at the moments that were emotional in God of War, I'm kind of like, ah, would I feel the same way? Do I feel the same way now about those moments? I don't know. It's so I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing how if Ragnarok gets me back in hard um, because I think that it isn't, I, I, I hope that because of the ways they've expanded their team, they're going to have a better voice. That's a little more like not diverse from just a have more diverse characters, but from not just being, it feels like God of War was like, I'm a dad and I'm going to write a story about about being a dad. Yeah. And I, it's not that I think that it's done poorly. I just don't want another one of those. It's, I, I, I mean, we so already had that. tired of those. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I feel like God of War did it well, but we already did it. And I'd be interested to see... I would Where be interested to go. see a single woman that doesn't get end up turning into like yeah. the yeah. crazy mom stereotype yeah. in the game. Let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> uh, we can only dream yeah. of such of such things. Uh, I yeah. And I think like people yeah. people also had meltdowns about this game coming out on coming PS4, on PS4 as well, oh, which God. is ridiculous. You told me that, and I was just like, how hard can I roll my eyes? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I, like, I, I mean, I say this as somebody that doesn't personally care about things being necessarily powerful. I don't know. Like, just as long as it's good. It's, it's the... The, the PS5 does not have anything going on except for having a very, very fast hard drive that yeah. is like games need to be made purely for it. What people don't understand 
is you can have games that have like ray tracing and insane particle effects that also will work on a PS4 and just don't use those features. Um, Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, in a PC game, you can trust me. PC games that are coming out right now that are like, quote, next gen. You can turn them down and make them look like a PS4 game and run them on a PC from a couple years ago. Like, well, I mean, that's like you, like with any of those games, like especially for like a PC, they need to make sure that more than five people can play it. Like it's not yeah. just the people who have the best hardware. And I don't know. I I feel like there's there's definitely ways to have multiple options, multiple settings, multiple things to be. Um, uh, optimized for both PS4 and PS5, and I don't know. I I I am not like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten my PlayStation Five because now this is going to be on PS4 because it's like, well, no, because it's going to play at 22 frames a second, and yeah, <laughs> it's going mean, to be a compromised experience on PS4 for sure. Right? Yeah. It's 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 yeah. I I don't I I don't know if I understand getting super mad about it but no, you know people get it. get mad about everything yes anyway <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> what it comes down to yeah all right so i think that's gonna do it for the news and end thus this week's episode of gaming fix unless you have anything to add pat no i think i would say if you play pc games um there's a lot of cool sales going on on steam this weekend so um just check those out there's like warhammer there's skull sales happening there's like uh a set of corsa competizione which is a racing game that i really like uh is has a free weekend and is on sale so yeah i don't know if you were looking for something different and weird to roll the dice on that you might not like seems like this weekend is uh the time to do it absolutely and uh if you're looking for another itch bundle there's the uh itch queer games bundle which supports Mm -hmm. um queer game developers on the uh as well so definitely multiple multiple itch bundles some really cool stuff on steam there's just like too many video games right now let's be honest um yeah i mean it's not even that there's too many coming out although ratchet comes out in like a week oh that's right i'm excited about that that's i'm a couple weeks from now is mario golf which i am excited yeah no that's cool (laughs) i'm gonna switch off for that i'm i i uh i want to see you know like i've said my dream for mario golf is a game where i can just like boot it up and match make and play some golf with people on the internet <laughs> like for a half hour or something um but and it's and so i don't know if it's going to end up being a game like I, what i want is everybody's golf but with mario characters <laughs> yeah uh, no i, I mean we'll everybody's see. yeah yeah and especially now that you can't um play uh a hot shot golf on vita online anymore having like a handheld one is nice too mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, exactly. um where you can do that kind of online matchmaking man i don't know why but i don't care about sports very much but i video game golf is like my one of my favorite things well, what's so. funny too is i <laughs> think real life golf is like i don't i hate golf like the concept of it's just like 
how about we take up a bunch of space that you could use to build housing for people and or instead, like literally anything else yes. instead have this big like Huge vast amount of space that to- only like 30 people can enjoy at a time and that costs a shitload of money to enjoy <laughs> it's like yeah i i was looking i was like because i was playing a bunch of um hot shots golf on vita recently i was like oh should i like would it be fun to like get into real life golf and then i started looking into it and i was like no it video really isn't golf is much better than video game golf. golf is I, I like video game golf yes. um so excited for that for mario but yeah lots of good games um all right so pat where can people find you on this very hot Saturday day. You can find me at PJC Plays uh, on Twitter, reading about things like the trending cryptocurrency for adult creators. I'll let people look that one up on their own. So. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Twitter at W R I T E R S E R E N Y T Y. You can also find us at Fix Podcasts on Twitter. And hey, send us some questions. Send us questions to gaming at fix.space. Yeah. We're happy to take them. I think I think they're fun to talk about, so ask us stuff. All right, yeah, well definitely. I th- yeah, I think that's gonna do it. Well, thanks for joining me, Pat, on this on Absolutely. Saturday. Absolutely. Have a good weekend, everybody. Yeah, you too. <laughs>